You are listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast, an honest and non-judgmental discussion on faith in God and the doubts we often have, why it's sometimes difficult to trust God, and how we can know with a surety that He loves us. This show centers on strengthening and rebuilding our faith after loss, tragedy, or when coming to Christianity from a non-Christian or pseudo-Christian worldview. Now, here is your host, Gene Curl. Hello. If you uh, didn't get it from the introduction, this is the Recovering Faith Podcast, and I am your host, Gene Curl. Today's episode is about Jesus Christ and who he was and is. There, Across the world, there are a lot of different thoughts about Jesus. Some people have never heard about Jesus. Um, in fact, I was talking to... I was talking to the uh, youth pastor at my church, and he had recently gone to Japan, and he told me that a lot of people in Japan had actually never heard about Jesus, never even heard the name. And uh, in about a year, him and his wife are going over to Japan to uh, start a church, or do missionary work, or one or the other, or both. Uh, anyhow, so yeah, so there's some people in the world who's never heard of Jesus. There are people who don't believe that Jesus ever existed. There are people who believe that a person named that uh, Jesus was a historical figure, but that he wasn't God, that he was just a, a good man and possibly a good teacher. And, the, and then, of course, Christians worship Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But the question is, who is Jesus and why does it matter? And that's what I'm talking about today, is who Jesus was and why it matters. And there's a story that I like to tell. When people would die and go up to heaven, they'd be taken into the small room to have an interview. And the first man was taken in, and the interviewer said, What do you know about Jesus? And he started talking about uh, the life of Jesus and telling about who he was born and his family and all this stuff. And he said, Yes, but what do you know about Jesus? And then he went on to start telling him about the things Jesus taught. And he said, Yes, but what do you know about Jesus? And then finally, the interviewer sighed and showed the man out to, the, out to a door. And then when the next person was brought into the room and they said, well, we wait here for your interview. And when the interviewer walked in, the man that was being interviewed immediately dropped down to his knees and said, my Lord, my God. Because he might not have known as much theology, but he knew Jesus. And a lot of people know a lot about Jesus, but unless you have a personal relationship with him, it doesn't really matter. But I had a discussion recently with a family member, and this family member was telling me that they believed that Jesus existed, but that he was just a good man. Well, some people don't think it really matters what you believe about Jesus, but it actually really does. If if Christianity is right about Jesus, 
than what Jesus taught matters. And that Jesus is not, wasn't just a good teacher, that he's our Lord and our Savior, and he's the only way to salvation. But if Jesus wasn't, if Jesus is not and was not who he said he was, then nothing he said really mattered. He was either lying or deranged. And, of course, the Bible tells us that Jesus, that, uh, Jesus was God in the flesh. And I think even the apostles, it took them a while to realize that Jesus was actually God. And after, at one point, you read this in Matthew 16, but it says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do you say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And this was after the time, of course, that John the Baptist had been beheaded. So some people, including Herod, thought that Jesus was a reincarnation of John the Baptist. And at this point, Jesus asks, he says, But what about you? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my, my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I, <clears throat> I will give you the keys of the kingdom on heaven, of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he orders his disciples to tell, uh, not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Okay. So, Jesus wasn't just a good teacher or a good man or a motivational speaker. Jesus was literally God in the flesh. There were, uh, there are hundreds or thousands of prophecies in the Old Testament that Jesus fulfilled. And if he failed to fulfill even one of them, then he couldn't have been the Messiah. But he did fulfill all of them. And, of course, the, the Jewish people as a whole, uh, a lot of Jewish people became Christians, of course, but the Jewish people as a whole, uh, especially the leading class, did not accept that he was Messiah because that would upset their, that would upset their establishment. And I think that's actually a big reason why a lot of the world doesn't accept Jesus today, because Jesus isn't preaching a pleasant message. He doesn't tell people that if you come to him, you can just live your life however you want and be rich and famous and, and all this other stuff. Jesus taught that to follow him, that you had to die to the world. You had to take up your cross and follow him, that you had to change your life, that you had to uh, sometimes change your associations. You had to give up things that you found pleasurable. You had to uh, completely change who you were sometimes. And Jesus taught that 
if you follow him that the world will hate you because of him. And there's never been a time in my life when it was more obvious than it is right now that that you'll be hated for following Christ. And so the message that Jesus was taught wasn't really a pleasant message. And that's why I think a lot of people today don't even accept Jesus because Jesus is teaching that you have to, he never says that you can just live your life however you want and it's all good. He, to come to Jesus, every single one of us, when we come to Christ, we have to change something about our lives to become more like him. And that's not always a pleasant thing to do. And and as I say, if they can if they can minimize it and say that Jesus was just a good teacher, or if he was just a man, or if he didn't exist at all, then what he said doesn't really matter, and then nobody has to change your life. But if Jesus was who he said he was, and he is, then what he said matters greatly. And of course, we all know the story of Jesus, or well, not all of it, but most everybody does, that he was, uh, it was prophesied and that Jesus was born of a virgin and that uh, the, a star in heaven proclaimed his birth and the angels came down to uh, worship him and, and then that the wise men were sent to look for him and then there was the and then of course Herod found out that uh, that there was a baby born that would be considered the king of the Jews, and so he didn't want any competition, so he killed all of the male babies. But Jesus survived because his, uh, because Joseph was warmed in a dream and took him to Egypt. And then, know that Jesus, uh, as Jesus grew up, that uh, he, uh, when he became an adult, he started pre uh, publicly preaching. And a lot of the things he said wasn't too popular, but he also, and the ruling, especially with the ruling class, and then we know that the uh, he was also healing and blessing people. And then slowly, as his ministry went on, he revealed that he was the Son of God, and that he was going to die for our sins. He had never done anything wrong. He's going to die for our sins, and that he's going to be resurrected so that we all could be resurrected and so that we could all be forgiven of our sins. And it took even the apostles a while to really realize that message. When Jesus had said that he was going to die, Peter, who had realized that Jesus was the, was the Messiah, still uh, told Jesus that, this should never happen. And Jesus called him Satan and told him to get behind him and said, if, if I don't die, uh, basically told us Peter that if he didn't die, that uh, nobody could be saved. And, and you would have thought that Peter got the message, but then the, the night that Jesus was arrested, Peter still tried to prevent Jesus from being killed even though he told him it had to happen. And he pulled out a sword and cut off the ear of the servant of the high priest. And so 
basically what I'm saying, and you know, I'm kind of shooting from the hip here. I usually, like I say, I usually have everything highly prepared and scripted and everything, but these last few weeks I've been doing more of a shoot from the hip type thing because I can't really type and uh, I haven't and that's not really an excuse. I should be writing some handwritten notes. And I do have some, but I'm just not as, I'm just, it's not as scripted as I usually do. I usually just write the whole thing out and now I just write down bullet points because <sighs> typing, yeah. So anyhow, and in case you're wondering, yes, my finger is healing properly, is healing fine, but uh, I won't have full use of it for a little while still. So anyhow, there are still a lot of people who try to say that Jesus never existed. But then there have actually been people who, through the evidence of Jesus, became Christian. Uh, one of them, who is now a Christian apologist, is uh, J. Warner Wallace. And he was a lifetime atheist. And he was wanted to read the Bible and apply the same critical thinking he used for solving cold cases and through that he decided that the Gospels were accurate eyewitness accounts and he wound up becoming Christian and another uh, another well-known Christian apologist who wrote um, Lee Strobel who wrote the case for Christ his story is even uh, even more so he was he wasn't just trying to determine if it was Christianity was true. He set out trying to prove definitively that Christianity wasn't true because he, when he got married, him and his wife were both atheists. But this, there was this nurse who saved their daughter's life and then she attributed it to God. So his, his wife started going to church and became Christian. And it upset Lee quite a bit. So, he set out trying to destroy Christianity, and he put a lot of time and effort into it, and eventually the evidence was so compelling that he couldn't deny it anymore, and he actually became a Christian himself. And there's actually a lot of, there's actually a lot of evidence outside of the Bible for Jesus, and and of course, Jesus was a good man, actually the only good man to ever live, and he was an amazing teacher, and you could say he was a prophet. But he was even—he was a lot more than that. Obviously, he was actually—he was actually God in the flesh. And there's actually an amazing amount of historical sources that speak of the of the man named Jesus. And it's amazing considering Jesus' ministry took place in a small corner of the Roman Empire, and much of Israel was destroyed in around A.D. 70. Entire cities were burned to the ground, taking evidence, of, evidence and eyewitnesses with them. And some of the historical or secular sources that uh, point to Jesus were, uh, I'm probably going to murder some of these names, but Publius, Cornelius, Tac... Uh, Tacitus, who was, uh, he lived 55 to 120, and he was a senator and historian in the first century Rome, and he mentions that Christians and the followers of Christ who suffered under Pontius Pilate. 
And then there was an Suetonius, who was a secretary and historian to Hadrian, Emperor of Rome, from 117 to 138. And he's credited with another important piece of evidence in the discussion of historical Jesus. In his work, he speaks of of uh, Christ who lived during the first century. And the most famous Jewish historian is Flavius Josephus, 30, which was 37 to 100 AD. And in his works, he refers to James, the brother of Jesus, who was called Christ. And which, by the way, um, G- James, the half-brother of Jesus, he did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah during the life of Jesus. It wasn't until after his death and resurrection that James, the brother of Jesus, actually became a disciple. So, uh, another historian, Pliny the Younger, who was a Roman governor of Bithynia, which is present-day northwest Turkey, uh, he wrote a letter to the emperor of Tro- Emperor. Tro- uh, Trajan of Rome asking for advice on how to deal with Christians, and he speaks of how they worship Jesus as God. Other historical sources also mention Jesus, uh, actually quite a few of them, and so there's actually a tremendous amount of evidence for Jesus in secular historical sources, and we can almost reconstruct the entire gospel just from early non-Christian sources. Jesus was called the Christ, uh, they attributed him to doing magic. He led Israel into new teachings, and he was hanged on Passover for them. Um, and he claimed to be God, and that he would return, which his followers believed and worshipped him as God. And the Bible clearly answers the question who Jesus was, and it records his life and ministry. And as I say, if Jesus really is who he says he was, and I believe that he was, and I believe that the Bible is, is an accurate representation or uh, of the gospel, uh, the Bible describes Jesus as having humble beginnings. He was born in a stable in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. The events of Jesus' birth fulfilled many prophecies of the coming of Messiah, as I had said before, uh, including being born of a virgin woman, and uh, and as a boy, he stunned the theologians at the temple, and he had great knowledge and wisdom from God. Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and began his public ministry, and he performed many miracles. He healed the sick, he cast out demons, he controlled the weather, he fed thousands from a little boy's lunch, and many, many more miracle, miraculous works over his three-year ministry. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross was the culmination of his earthly ministry. It is the purpose of his life and the reason he was born. As John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The body of Jesus was taken down from the cross and, and laid in a borrowed tomb and left until after the Sabbath. When women came to prepare the body for the burial, they found the tomb empty. Jesus had risen from the dead in his glorified state, and he would appear to many and prove that death had no hold over him. He then ascended into heaven.
and and of course, as I say, Jesus didn't wasn't didn't say he was just a good man. Jesus said that he was God. And there have been I was raised Christian, and as I was growing up, I actually believed uh, without any doubt that Jesus was Christ. And then later, when I was in college, I stopped believing altogether. And not only did I not believe, I actually started fighting against Christianity and tried to prove that it wasn't true. And then, eventually, God saw fit to show me the error of my ways and to show me that he was actually real. And then I became a Christian. And I say I became a Christian because... I mean, I, I guess I came back to being a Christian. Cause when I was growing up and I was taught about Christ and I believed it, but then when I uh, stopped believing, so I didn't really dedicate my life to God, to being a born-again Christian until, until I was, uh, until after the period of time when I came back from being an, an atheist. And... When I publicly announced that I was a Christian, some of my friends who are still atheists actually stopped wanting to be my friend. I mean, I wasn't trying to convert them or anything, but just because they found out I was Christian, they didn't want to be my friend anymore. And some of them, uh, well, one of them even said to me, uh, when I told them I was a Christian, they said, oh, so you're a bigot now, huh? And I said, no, why would you think I'm a bigot? And they said, well, because you're a Christian. And I said, being a Christian doesn't make you a bigot. And they said, well, do you believe in the Bible? And I said, well, yeah, of course I do. And they said, then you're a bigot. And then they didn't want to be my friend anymore. And so, of course, it's not hard to see that what Jesus said is true, that people will hate you just for believing in Jesus, for just for believing in him. But because Jesus is who he said he is, it's important to believe in him. And Jesus wasn't just a good man, and he wasn't just a teacher. Jesus was and is God. And where all other religions in the world teach that we have to do some kind of works to be saved and we have to earn our salvation, Christianity alone teaches that we are saved because of the grace of God. And it was something we could never do on our own. And so Jesus paid the price for us so that we could accept him as our Lord and Savior and accept the price that he paid and that we could be saved. And of course, no, no amount of I know there's no magic prayer that will save you, but and it's not actually the prayer that, that makes you a Christian. But if you have never accepted Jesus into your life, now would be an absolutely perfect time to accept Jesus in your life, to tell him that you are that you acknowledge that you're a sinner and that you need that you need him to save you and that you're willing to follow him as the Lord of your life. If you have any questions about Jesus or who he is, or about any doctrinal subject, uh, 
please feel free to reach out to me and you can contact me on Twitter at Gene Curl or you can contact me on Facebook at the uh, uh, Recovering Faith Facebook page or you can go to genegirl.com and send me an email and I would love to hear from you. So uh, thanks for listening and God bless. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast. Please rate and review this show and share it with your friends and family. You are loved.